Well, welcome to Heritage of Faith. It's good to see you tonight. If you're watching by way of internet, thank you for joining us. And, you know, welcome to our, uh, our victorious living, you know, uh, class that we've been doing. This is actually our 10th week on renewing the mind. So we have three classes going on right now. We have this, this one on uh, renewing the mind. And then we have a marriage class going on in our back modular as well as uh, one on finances. And so we have two weeks left. And uh, this weekend, next week. And um, after we finish uh, this series, our next series that we we'll are doing on Wednesday night, because it's kind of like Bible school, right? It's, it's kind of we just break down a topic and, and just continue to build on it. And, and so our next series is actually going to be called I Have Decided. And, you know, it, and so when I, when I told my staff, I told the staff that everyone started singing at the same time, I have decided to follow Jesus. I'll spare you my singing. But, um, but anyway, um, so that's going to be the, the next series. And uh, it will take us in probably to um, probably three weeks into August. And it's all going to be about becoming a disciple of, a disciple of Jesus. And, um, and it, it's, it, it's, it's going to be, uh, it's going to revolutionize our lives and how we look at following Jesus. And uh, it's going to equip us, um, you know, for really the call upon our lives. Amen. And, and so anyway, so we're looking forward to finishing this series up on renewing the mind. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Romans chapter 12. And this has been our foundational scripture. And man, which I haven't taught on a Wednesday or a Sunday in four weeks. So... Wow. So um, it's no telling what might come out tonight. So, but uh, hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Here you go, Jeremiah, if you can hold that for me. <sighs> Thank you, Lord. Man, love the Word of God. Man, we are a Word church. Man, this is, this, this Word is. It's not, a, it's not a book full of suggestions. It's not a, it's not a bunch of good ideas. But this is, this is Jesus. This, this is the word made flesh. This is, you know, the, this is a, whatever, whatever you're going through, it's, it's found exactly, in, it's found in here. You know, in Psalms 107, it says that he sent his word, right? Verse 20, it says... And, and healed us and delivered us from all our destruction. So, so if he sent his word and it came to deliver us from all our destruction, let this me know that, that this word was sent to me for whatever circumstance, whatever I might be going through in my life. This word is for me. It's for the moment. Um, it's for either what you, where you're at right now or what you might be in tomorrow. The word is vital to success in our life. And, 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 and we believe that it's, it's being equipped with the word. It's not just being equipped with, with, with some good ideas, but it's being equipped with the word. It's, it's not being equipped with just something that's going to make you feel good, but, it's, but although that the word will make you feel good. But the thing is, but it's to challenge you. It's to, it's to challenge you to grow. It's to, it's to, to um, cause you to, to navigate situations and circumstances in life. That's what this word is all about. And, and, and so let's, let's go ahead and get into this. And what I don't finish tonight, I will, I'll, I'll pick up next week. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body, bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Let me say that again. And be not conformed to this world, 
but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So in this scripture, we see, we see I like to look at it, it's kind of like a warning. He's telling, I beseech you, meaning I'm pleading with you. My, my heart's going out to you. He, you know, you got to realize he's talking to the Christians in Rome here. And, and he's talking to them, and he's, and he's recognized, and he's hearing things, and he's saying, you know what, it's, so, it, it, it's going to be so easy for you to get off course and be conformed by the environment that you're in. Because you see, during this time, Christianity wasn't the most popular thing. You know, here, you know, coming up, you know, at, at some point after this, Nero is taking Christians and then using them as lanterns, lanterns along the street. So, so here, he's telling them, don't be conformed to this world. I mean, don't be pressed into the mold that this, that this world and this environment wants to set you in. Don't, don't be shaped by the ideals. Don't be shaped by the opinions. Don't be shaped by everything that's going on around you, but instead be transformed by the renewing of your mind. See, two things are going to happen. There's no, there's no neutral ground. There's no middle ground. You're either going to be conformed to the world or you're going to be transformed by the word. And it, and it depends on what you allow your life to be influenced by the most that determines what you're going to become. See, what you look at, what you take into your ears and what you take into your eyes is ultimately what you're going to become. Amen? So here, he's letting them know, be transformed. Don't be conformed, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The word conform means to be similar to or to be like in agreement, to be in agreement with. So he's telling him, don't be in agreement with what's going on in the world, but be transformed. The word transform means to be changed in form, appearance, or character. Be transformed in, be, tra- be tr- changed in form, appearance, or character. The New Living Translation says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Let me read that last part again. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. So when I change the way I think, I'll change the way I live. If I change the way I think, then I'll change the way I act. And if I change the way I act, I'll change the results I'm getting in my life. So it's so important for us to be transformed. What I give myself to reveal, reveals to me what life, what kind of life I'll lead. It's not what you see with your natural eyes that matters, but it's what you're seeing with your spiritual eyes, so to speak. Now, now I've used this scripture in this series, and I've used it a lot this year, but in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, it tells us about the God of this world wants to blind the minds of them that believe not so that they don't see the light of the gospel. You see, this is so important when it comes to renewing the mind because the God of this world wants you to see things a certain way. The God of this world wants wants to put you in a box to keep you a certain way. 
The enemy doesn't want you, he wants you to be blinded to the fact that there is restoration in your life. The enemy wants you to see that, that, there's, that there's, there's not another way. The enemy wants you to see that, that maybe that God doesn't care about you. The, the enemy might want to say that this is the way it's been and this is the way that it will always be. The enemy wants to blind you. To keep you from seeing what? It tells us in 2 Corinthians 4, 4, the light, lest you see the light of the glorious gospel. See, there's something important about this gospel that, that we need to understand. And, 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 and this all has to do with renewing our mind because, because, see, up until this point in your life, your mind has been shaped maybe by religion, it's been shaped by politics, Shaped by past experiences, shaped by your maybe mistakes you've made. It's been shaped by all kinds of things. And because of that, that, that is how often that we respond when we face certain situations. Because, because this is the way it's happened before and this is the way it's going to happen again. And, and so therefore, we, we, we are conformed to this aspect of living according to our natural senses. But it's so important for, as it pertains to renewing the mind tonight. I want you to, I want you to, this, what, I'm, what I'm dealing with tonight is really, I believe, the master key in life. I believe it's, it's something that, that, that we have to constantly renew our mind to. And, it, and, it's, and it's because when we renew our mind to this, it will cause us to step in to everything God's created us to be. We have to renew our mind to this because the enemy is constantly going to challenge you in this area as pertains to to how you think about things. Now, let's go to Romans chapter 1, and I'll tell you what we're dealing with here, what we need to renew our mind to. Romans chapter 1. Now, remember, I just said that the, the enemy... Blinds the minds of them that believe not, lest they see the light of what? The gospel. See, everything, everything the enemy wants to hinder you from seeing is seeing the gospel. The enemy doesn't want you to see that there's an answer. The enemy doesn't want you to see that there's, there's, there's more possibilities. So think about the gospel. Now let's read this in verse 16. It says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. Now get that. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. You see, the enemy doesn't want you to see the gospel because when you understand the gospel, you understand that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Paul says, I am not ashamed. The same one that he talked about renewing your mind to, about being transformed by the renewing of your mind, he starts this whole book off by saying, I am not ashamed of the gospel. Meaning, what I'm bringing to you and what I'm going to declare to you over these next 16 chapters is something that I'm not ashamed of. Because I understand if you get a hold of this, this is the gospel. And when you get a hold of the gospel, you realize it is the power of God unto salvation. So what you're about to hear me say and what you're about to hear me release over these next 16 chapters is the very thing that's going to change your life. And you need to be transformed by this. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. The good news. Say good news. news. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Man, if you you have Jesus, I'm telling you, you always have good news. 
I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Because in the gospel, there's power of God unto salvation. And see, often when we think of salvation, we immediately think of, okay, I accepted Jesus and now I'm going to heaven. But, but this, that, that's, that's so much more than your, your place in heaven. See, the word salvation here is, is soteria, which is, which is preservation, it's wholeness, it's completeness, it's peace, it's everything that you have need of. Everything that, that Jesus provided in the gospel is wrapped up in this word salvation. We talk about salvation, you can, talk, you can say change. You say salvation, you can say restoration. If you, if, you, if you say salvation, you can say healing. If you say salvation, you can say deliverance. If you say salvation, you can say freedom. So here it says the gospel is the power of God. Within the gospel, within the good news, it is the power of God that brings about salvation to everyone that believes. So this power in this gospel, this power is available to everyone that believes. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. But it doesn't stop there. A lot of times when we, we stop reading that scripture right there, for the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. And, and, we, and we stop there. But then it tells us what's in the gospel. Because it says, verse 17, for therein. He didn't stop talking, so let's not stop reading. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed. So in this gospel, in this gospel, it says therein, in the, in the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Therein is the righteousness of God. See, the enemy doesn't want your mind blinded to the gospel. Because if your mind is blinded to the gospel, you'll never know who you are in God. You'll never know your position in God. You'll never know your place in God. You'll never know the power in God. You'll never know the fullness of your calling in God. For therein, in the gospel, is the power of God unto salvation. To the Jew first and also the Greek. Therein is the righteousness of God. So in the gospel, and it says, it revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Let me read this in the Passion Translation, verse 16 and 17. It says, I refuse to be ashamed of sharing the wonderful message of God's liberating power unleashed in us through Christ. For I'm thrilled to preach that everyone who believes is saved, the Jew first, and then people everywhere. This gospel unveils a continual revelation of God's righteousness, a perfect righteousness given to us when we believe. And it moves us from receiving life through faith to the power of living by faith. This is what the scripture means when it says, we are right with God through life-giving faith. So when we talk about, when I talk about renewing the mind tonight, and what I want to deal with over this week and next week is renewing the mind to the fact that you're righteous. Why, why is this so important? Because your faith hinges on it. See, the just shall live by faith. If you don't know that you're righteous, it will short-circuit your faith. If you don't... 
See, you have to know that you have a right to be healed, that you have a right to be whole, that you have a right for, for restoration, that you have a right to come boldly to the throne. You need to see, see, because when you know that you're righteous, it all of a sudden, it strengthens your walk with God. You see, because if you don't know you're righteous, you'll always approach God with timidity. If you don't know who you are in God, it, it will cause you to approach God with fear. If you don't know who you are in God, it will cause you not to be bold in the face of adversity. You can stand in the midst of it. Why? Because of you're righteous. When you know who you are and you know what's backing you, it will bring a strength into your life of faith. That's why, you know, being established in righteousness. Paul talks in 1 Corinthians 15, he says, awake to righteousness. See, we have to awaken to who we are in Christ. Why? Because the enemy wants to keep you from seeing who you really are. And so a lot of times you'll, you'll come to church and you'll come to, the, come to a prayer line and, and someone's praying for you and, and you'll stand there and, and you're standing there it's like, you're like, well, does God really love me? Well, does God really care about me? And someone's praying for you and, and you're like, and you don't really know how much God values you and how much you have a right to have everything that he's promised you. Everything that you, that we have a right to as a believer is hinged on the strength of this righteousness. You are righteous. If it's the Psalms, the Proverbs says, and the righteous are what bold as a lion. So you need to renew your mind to this because the enemy is always going to talk you out of it. And maybe if we get into this, might get into this next week, but, but that we battle, with the, where the enemy wants us to battle is sin consciousness versus righteousness consciousness. What does that mean? It means I'm more conscious of my failures and mistakes than I am of what Jesus did. And therefore, therefore, we won't step out and do things. We won't, we won't, we won't pray for someone when we, when we know the Lord's leading us to. Why? Because, because there's something in the back of our mind saying, I'm not good enough. Well, who am I? God wants me to, God has a calling on my life. God has a ministry for me. God wants me to do something. And, but in the back of your mind, it's something just picking away. Well, you could never do that. Oh, you couldn't do that. After all, you haven't, you haven't been to, to, to a university. You haven't been to a seminary. You haven't been to this, that, or the other. And what happens is the enemy always wants to just bring you down a little bit lower. That's why the next two weeks we're talking about renewing our mind to who we are. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And, and, and before, you know, just to kind of throw this out there... When I'm dealing with this, I'm not talking about my righteousness. And we know, we know from scriptures, our righteousness is as filthy rags. <laughs> but I'm so grateful my salvation isn't based on my righteousness. But it's based on the righteousness of Jesus. Let's go to Hebrews 5. Hebrews 5. so important that we renew our mind to who we are every day. And this is 
Thank you, Father. You know, I think it, it's Psalms 11, and it says, it's if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? If the foundations destroyed, what can the righteous do? And what, I, what I'm, what I'm going to be talking about these next two weeks is the foundation that you need to build your life on. This is the fact that you're righteous. First, you, you build your life on the fact that God loves you. That's everything hinges on that. If you don't understand God's love for you, it's going to be hard for you to have faith. If you don't have understanding of God's love for you, it's going to have, you're going to have a hard time understanding and truly believing that you're righteous and acceptable before God. You know, let, let me give you that definition of what righteous is or righteousness is. Righteousness is, is the ability to stand before God without the sense of fear, guilt, or condemnation. That's what righteousness is. It's the, the ability to stand before God without a sense of fear, guilt, or condemnation. And we talk about another word for righteous we could say is justified. What's the way we can look at justified? Just as if I'd never sinned. Just as if I'd never sinned. Just as if, just as, just as if Eve never missed it in the garden. That's how he sees you. When you made Jesus the Lord of your life, he, he made you righteous. So we have, to, we have to renew, because I'm telling you, the enemy doesn't want you to get a hold of this. Because when the church as a whole gets a hold of who they are in Christ, the church will be unstoppable. When you truly get a hold of, of who you are in Christ, it will remove it will remove limitations that you've had in the past when you understand that you are righteous. Hallelujah. Romans 5, verse 11. I just want to continue to lay this foundation of why it's important. Thank you, Father. Romans 5, verse 11. He says, concerning this, we have much to say. I'm reading the Amplified. It says, concerning this, we have much to say which is hard to explain, since you have become dull in your hearing and sluggish, even slothful in achieving spiritual insight. This is Hebrews 5.11. He says, what did I say? Oh, yeah. Romans 5. We'll get to Romans 5 in a little bit, you know. And, yeah, we'll, we'll be there in Romans 5, actually verse 12 here in a little while. But, but just to give you a head start, it's all good. I'm righteous, so therefore, when I make a mistake, I'm confident. <laughs> you know, so, Phil, you pastored how many years? 40 years? 41. 41 years. Thank you, Lord. Man, give Phil a hand for pastoring the church for 41 years. Amen. And, the, the, and one church, how long did you pastor that last church? 20, 28 years in New, in, uh, New Hampshire. No, Connecticut. No. Massachusetts, sorry. I knew it was one of those New England states there. Hallelujah. So good to just laugh at yourself sometimes when you make mistakes. But um, anyway, but it's all good. So Hebrews 5 and 11. I, I, I want you to see this, and they'll put it on the screen and the Amplified. It says, concerning this, we have much to say, which is hard to explain. Since you have become dull in your hearing and sluggish, even slothful in achieving spiritual insight. Meaning you're, you're dull in your hearing 
and you're sluggish. Why? Because really, and he says it's hard to, he is, I really can't explain it because you're not, you're not paying attention to what's been said. See, this is renewing the mind, being transformed by the renewing of your mind. This is something that we're, you're going to have to do the rest of your life. This is something I've been doing since January 23rd of 1993. The moment that the Lord healed my body, I've been on a journey of renewing my mind to this word. And he's saying, he's saying, but you become dull of hearing in your spiritual insight. You're slothful in achieving spiritual, meaning you're not growing. You're not growing, why? Because you're dull in hearing. What would be another reason of, of what would cause us to be dull of hearing? For example, you come to church on a Sunday morning and you hear something said and you're like, oh yeah, I've heard that before. I've heard that before. Oh yeah, that's, that's good. And you agree with what's being said. We call it mental assent. That, to me, I believe that's the, one of the biggest hindrances in a life of faith is mental assent. Meaning, I, I agree with what's being said, and I hear what's being said, but I'm not letting what I'm hearing become a life-giving revelation. Because I'm just saying, oh, I've heard that before. Oh, that was good. Oh, yeah, that's, and it's not, it's not really listening to or, or writing down. You know, a few weeks ago when I was in Maryland doing a wedding, and Annette talked about catching it. And she threw out the $20 bills, you know, and she was talking about, you got you to gotta catch it, make notes, write things down. Because what happens is it's renewing your mind to everything that God desires for your life. So it says here that they became dull of hearing, verse 12, for even though by this time you ought to be teaching others. <laughs> so all this time you've been hearing the word, you're dull in hearing, but you ought to be teaching others. You actually need someone to teach you over again the very first principles of God's word. You have come to need milk, not solid food. For everyone who continues to feed on milk is obviously inexperienced, now get this, and unskilled in the doctrine of righteousness, of conformity to the divine will, purpose, thought, and action, for he's a mere infant and not able to talk yet. So here, you ought to be teachers by now, but you're not because you're unskillful, King James says, in the word of righteousness. Meaning because you've just been dull of hearing, you never laid hold of who you really are. Because you've heard this a lot, and you've walked in this long enough, you actually should be teaching others that they're righteous. See, see, we need to know who we are in Christ so we can go out these doors and we can tell someone else who they are in Christ. Verse 14 says, but solid food is for full-grown men, for those whose senses and mental faculties are trained by practice to discriminate and distinguish between what is morally good and noble and what is evil and contrary either to divine or human law. So here, we, we have to renew our mind because we need, need to be not unskillful, but we need to be skillful in this word of righteousness. Because we need, we need to be that city set on a hill. We need to be the ones that people look to in difficult times. You need to be the husband and wife that 
other people, neighbors come to where, where you know who you are in Christ. And you know that you have the ability to pray and get answers. You have the ability to, 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 to talk and, and get wisdom from God. You have the ability, and it's like, you know, can, can you pray for me? Can you talk to me? What, what should I do in this situation? You're the one on the job that people go to. Why? Because you know who you are in Christ, and you're not conformed to the world, but you're transformed by the renewing of your mind. Your life will be transformed to a whole nother level when you know you're righteous. So we have to renew our mind to the understanding of the fact that we're righteous. Say, I'm righteous. righteous. Say it again, I am righteous. righteous. You know, I I used to have some prayers that that I pray, I wrote out. And and, uh, years ago, there was a minister by the name of... Larry Lee, and he wrote a book, Could You Not Tarry With Me One Hour, and, and a great book on, you know, about prayer, and, and, and so I, you know, read that, and I, I came up with this prayer where it just got in me. It, it just got in me, and, 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 and part, of the, part of that prayer is you would go through the names of God. You know, you know, in Matthew 6, you know, uh, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And, and, and you would go through, hallowed, what does hallowed mean? It means to hold sacred, you know, and, and, or honor. And, and, and so hallowed be his name. And, and then, you know, I would go through this prayer. And, man, I would do this every day. And, and, and I don't know how, how long I did it, but I would go through it. And I would go through the names of God. Well, I'd get to the one where, you know, for righteousness. You know, Jehovah, it's a funny word, Sidkanu, T-I-S-D-I-K-U, whatever. Jehovah Sidkanu, you are my righteousness. You are my righteousness. Because of you, I am righteous. Because of you, I come boldly to the throne of grace because I'm righteous. Because I'm righteous, I have a right to be healed. I have a right to be whole. I have a right to be made known. Why? Because I'm righteous. You know, I would, I, I would have confessions, and I'd look in the mirror, and I'd say, I am the righteous of God in Christ Jesus. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I, I might have to say it 30, 40, 50 times a day. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The enemy would say, you're a failure. You're, you're a loser. You, 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 you're not called into ministry. And I, I, I look, I stare at myself. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I, and the enemy would talk to me and I'd say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Lord, and it, you know, I'd, I'd bring the word out and I'd take the, come, Satan, you, I, hey, I, I know where you're going and I know who you are, but you know, now through this word, I know who I am. I am the righteous of God in Christ Jesus. I am righteous. I am righteous. Amen. And I had to constantly renew my mind to this fact of righteousness. And I continue, and I continue to have to renew my mind to this, to Righteousness. Because the enemy always wants to pick at you. Suggestions. Speak to you. Belittle you. Undermine you. But you're righteous. You know what? I don't... (laughs) Oh, thank you, Jesus. Help me stay on point, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. You know, my, my favorite chapter or favorite scripture... Is what Jeremiah what twenty nine eleven yeah. So if you've been coming here, but you know, for I know the thoughts and plans that I have for you, says the Lord, thoughts and plans of peace, and not evil, to give you hope 
in your final outcome. And, and we know you've heard me translate this before. The word thoughts in, for, in the English, in the, in the Hebrew, it's translated where we get our English word machine from. Meaning, I know, I, know, I know why I made you, and I know the tasks that you would accomplish. So when I know the thoughts, here, God has thoughts about you. So, see, see we, we need to get a hold of his thoughts about us. And his thoughts about you, if you made Jesus the Lord of your life, is that you're righteous. See, you need to get a hold of his thoughts about you. Stop, 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 stop going by your feelings and your emotions about the way you feel about yourself and get a hold of the way God, the God's thoughts about you. For I know the thoughts and plans that I have for you, says the Lord, thoughts and plans of peace and not evil to give you hope in your final outcome. You, you see... <laughs> When we read a scripture, it talked about going back to those first principles, the, the first principles of the word of God. The first principles of the word. It was in, in uh, Hebrews 5.12. It says, it says, to teach you over again the first principles of God's word. The first principles of God's words. And, and, and the, the first principles. And so as I was thinking about that today, the first principles. And, and understanding, you, you, to understand righteousness, you have to understand the way things were at the beginning. That, that you and I, mankind, Adam and Eve, Adam was created in God's image, in God's likeness. Exact duplication in kind. Adam was righteous. He lacked nothing. They, they lacked nothing. Adam and Eve lacked nothing, but yet the enemy came to Eve and said, well, you know, God just doesn't want you to be like him. But the thing is, they were already made in his image. So the enemy is always trying to talk you out of your righteousness. What was the very thing after, after Jesus spoke out of heaven and after God spoke out of heaven and the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus after he was baptized? What, what, what was said? Jesus said, I mean, the, the Holy Spirit said, or God said out of heaven, they said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. The very thing we see in, in Luke chapter 4, what happened immediately? Immediately Jesus went to the wilderness and what was the first thing that the enemy said? If you be the son of God. Well, <laughs> He just heard from heaven, if you be the son of God. Why? Because that was Jesus' position now. That was his righteousness. His right standing was, I am the son of God in whom I'm well pleased. But the enemy said, if you be the son. He's always trying to question identity. And the enemy will always try to question you, your identity. So when Adam and Eve fell, what happened is they lost their right standing with God. They lost the closeness. They lost the position. You see, everything that God does, he does with purpose. He doesn't do anything without purpose. Genesis tells us why he created the stars, why he created the sun and the moon. And it tells us that he created it to minister to the earth. Well, why, did, it, why he, did he create every living thing? Why did he create the earth? 
I think it's uh, Isaiah 45, verse 18, says the earth was created to be inhabited. God doesn't do anything without purpose. So he created, he created the sun, the moon, the stars to minister to the earth, but yet he created the earth to be inhabited, and he placed everything in the earth to do what? To minister to man. That's why, that's why we're not to bow down and worship any other creatures or images. Why? Because animals, vegetation, everything was created to minister to man, not man to minister to it. So why did God create us? Because he wanted relationship. And the thing is, is, is if the enemy can talk us out of our righteousness it will always try to put a wedge in the relationship, which is the very thing you and I were created for. That's why I said you just need someone else to teach you. And Hebrews says, need someone else to teach you over again the first principles of the word. And that's why I wanted to share that with you because the first principles of the fact that man was created for relationship and he had to send Jesus. He had to send Jesus. He had to prophesy after man lost his rights. He prophesied and he spoke and he cursed the serpent. And he said, there's one coming. He's going to bruise your head and you're going to bruise his heel. And in Galatians 4, it says, when God sent forth a son made in the fullness of time, God sent forth son made under the law. So what? So we could be free. So that we could be Righteous. See, we have to renew our mind of this because, because, because everything that we're about, everything your life is about is about worshiping God. Everything that your life is about is about a relationship with God. And Jesus came and his primary purpose for coming was not just so you could say, hey, whoo, heaven, whoo, here I am. No, it was for relationship. You're created for relationship. But the enemy will always want to speak to you that God doesn't love you. God doesn't care about you. But he's a liar. He made you righteous so you could have closeness, nearness with God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Go to Romans 5 now. <laughs> Romans 5. Just not verse 11. <laughs> just then verse 12. Thank you, Father. Romans 5, verse 12. It says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for all, for that all have sinned. For under the law sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed where there is no law. Nevertheless, Death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude, which is, this means likeness, after the likeness of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. So nevertheless, death reigned, verse 14 again, nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that not sinned in the same way Adam did. Meaning even though we didn't sin the way Adam did, we still we're considered sinners. We were still considered dead, so to speak. Verse 15, but not as the offense, so also is the free gift. 
For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, had abounded unto many. Amplified says, but God's free gift is not at all to be compared to the trespass. His grace is out of proportion to the fall of man. For if many died through one man's falling away, his lapse and his offense, much more profusely did God's grace and the free gift that comes through the undeserved favor of the one man, Jesus Christ, abound and overflow to many. And so here, get this. So, so through one man's messing up, all men died. But because of one man's obedience, many received this gift of grace. Many received this gift of grace. Verse 16, nor is the free gift at all to be compared to the effect of that one man's sin. For the sentence following the trespass of one man brought condemnation. Whereas the free gift following many transgressions brings justification, an act of righteousness. Verse 17, for because of one man's trespasses, death reigned through that one. So because of Adam's messing up, death reigned, death ruled through that one. Much more surely will those who receive God's overflowing grace, unmerited favor, and the free gift of righteousness reign as kings in life through one man, Christ Jesus. See, this is the gospel. This is the gospel. Through one man's disobedience, death reigned. But through one man's obedience, many were made righteous. Many were made righteous. Verse 18, therefore, King James says, therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men under justification of life. Verse 19, for as by one man's disobedience, or I guess say, for by Adam's disobedience, many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one, so by the obedience of Jesus, shall many be made righteous. Now get that. That's, that is the gospel. And this is where a lot of times where religion has really hindered people in their thinking. Is all of a sudden, I'm righteous based on my actions. Like, um, all right, I need to come to church so, I'm, so I can be righteous. Well, I need to pray so I can be righteous. Or, okay, I need to read my chapter a day, and I need to read the Bible through in a year, every year, so I can become righteous. See, see that's, where, that's where the enemy has lied to, to, to God's people. Because there was nothing about you being obedient that made you righteous. It had everything to do with one man's obedience making you righteous. See, I don't pray to become righteous. I pray because righteous people pray. I go to church not because not to make me righteous. I go to church because righteous people go to church. I don't read the Bible to make me righteous. I read the Bible because righteous people read the word. 
And it has nothing to do with my actions. So, so there's this aspect that, that, that people will buy into that I have to become righteous. See, if there was something that you could have done to become righteous, we would not have needed Jesus. If there was something that, that everyone from after Adam to the time that Jesus came, if there was something man could do to become righteous, then we would have never, Jesus would not, God would not have to sent his only begotten son. You see, because it's in this scripture, it says, it says in verse 19, for as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. See, when you were born into this earth, there's nothing that you did to make you a sinner. You were born one. Man, come on, Adam. (laughs) But it was through one man's obedience. Many were made right. It didn't say become righteous. Were made righteous. See, becoming is a process. Made is already. Well, I just don't feel right. It doesn't matter what you feel. That's why it's the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. It has nothing to do with feeling it. See, that's why we have to renew our mind to be transformed by the renewing of our mind so all of a sudden you know that you're right. I am righteous. Maybe the first time you say that, it's like, I'm righteous. I'm righteous. Well, I messed up yesterday. Well, I don't know. Um, I guess I'm righteous. But then to the point where it is in your mind is transformed to the fact that you were made righteous. And see, the great thing is, is when, you're, when you transform your mind in the fact that you're the righteousness of God, you start living out of that righteousness. You start living out of that righteousness. Where all of a sudden it's like, I don't, I don't even want to sin because I'm righteous. It's not even a temptation anymore because I'm righteous. It's not a, it, it's not a hindrance anymore. Why? Because I'm righteous, and this is just who I am, and this is just what I do. Hallelujah. Go to 2 Corinthians 5. Give me about five more minutes, maybe. 2 Corinthians 5. Second Corinthians five, verse seventeen. Actually sixteen. And read the amplified. Um, I'm gonna have to start in fifteen. <laughs> Talking about Christ, he says, and he died for all, so that all those who live might live no longer to and for themselves. So, so he died, why? So you no longer live to and for yourself. Your life is more than about you. But to and for him who died and was raised again for their sake. Consequently, now get this, for now on we estimate and regard no one from a human point of view. Now, now get a hold of this now. Here Paul's talking and he goes, now consequently, because, or you can say because of that, from now on... Paul's saying we estimate and we regard no one from a purely human point of view. 
in terms of natural standards of value. No, even though we once did estimate Christ from human viewpoint and as a man, yet now we have such knowledge of him that we know him no longer in terms of the flesh. See, you need to stop looking at yourself as just after the flesh. Because Paul says, no longer look at someone from a human point of view. See, you judge how good you are based on your flesh. And Paul says, because Christ died for all. We no longer live in two or four ourselves. But he says, so I don't, I don't base my life on my flesh anymore. says, we know him no longer after the flesh. Therefore, if any person is in Christ, he is a new creation. New creature altogether. The old previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away. Behold, the fresh and new has come. You see, when you made Jesus the Lord of your life, that old man passed away and you became new. You see, that part of you that was unrighteous, he passed away. And you became a new creation. Uh, You became a new creation. Verse 18 says, But all things are from God, who through Jesus Christ reconciled us to himself, receiving us into favor, brought us into harmony with himself, and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. By word and deed, we might aim to bring others into harmony with him. Verse 19, It was God in Christ, get this, reconciling and restoring the world to favor with himself. Now get this, it was God in Christ reconciling and restoring the world to favor with himself. It was, it was Jesus. It was Jesus. Come on, come on. It was Jesus. Come on, Phil. It was, G- it was, it was Jesus in God bringing them and restoring them to what? Relationship. It was relationship. Meaning their life isn't no longer based on the mistakes they made and who they were in Adam. But now... Everything they are is based on who they are in Christ. Because you see, it's in Christ we're new creations. Something that never existed before. Thank you, guys. It was God in Christ reconciling and restoring the world to favor with himself. Not counting up and holding against men their trespasses. But canceling them and committing to us the message of reconciliation. He's not counting your sins against you. He just wants you to receive Jesus so you can live out of your righteousness. Hallelujah. Verse 20. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ as through God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead. Be reconciled to God. Be reconciled to God. Now get this, verse 21. For he hath made him to be sin for us. For he hath made him. Made who? Jesus. He made Jesus See, Jesus didn't know any sin, but he made him to be sin for us. It said he knew no sin that we might be made the righteous of God in him. He he didn't know any sin, but yet he was made sin. You see, we were sin, (laughs) but we were made sin righteous in Adam we were created as sinners but in Jesus we were made righteous Jesus was righteous and was made a sinner so that we that were sinners could now be made righteous 
You see, you have to renew your mind of this. Because our whole life, we base it on works. Works. Well, God's going to answer my prayer because I was good this week. Well, God's going to, you know, I, 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 haven't, I haven't done that in six months. So how come, you know, this, this isn't happening? Or haven't done that. And, no, and so you're basing, it's like check marks. It's like, okay, God's going to answer my prayer based on how good I've been this week. And, and see, and I'm, I'm telling you, it's, it's easy to do it. It's easy to, to let that base, on, base your life of faith on your good works. But I'm telling you, it's based on the fact that Jesus made you righteous. Amen. You can pray powerfully because you, made, because you were made righteous. Hallelujah. You see, in second, second, uh, 1 Peter uh, 3, let me close with this. 1 Peter 3.8. 1 Peter 3.8, and I'll close with this. So I, don't, I don't know if there's actually a, a stopping. I don't know if there's, I can finish this, so it's just got to stop. 1 Peter. Thank you, Father. 3. Uh, let me see. 18, I believe it is. Amplified says, For Christ the Messiah himself died for sins once and for all. Once and he died once and for all. One time for all. He included you in that. For Christ the Messiah himself died for sin once and for all. The righteous for the unrighteous. The just for the unjust. The innocent for the guilty. That he might bring us to God. See, relationship. In his human body he was put to death. But he was made alive in the spirit. You were dead, but when you made Jesus the Lord of your life, you were made alive in the Spirit. You are a new creation. You were made righteous. And it comes down to two things. Number one, Romans tells us, believe unto righteousness. You have to believe unto righteousness. I mean, when, when, when you, you, you take it, it's yours. When you, you believe something, you say, I take that, that's mine. I receive that. And you have to receive that free gift of righteousness. Believe it and receive it. And I know that can be kind of quick. It can kind of be kind of cliche. But also know this, and this comes back to the renewing of the mind. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by what? The word of God. That's why we have to continue to renew our mind to the fact that you're righteous. Just for an assignment. Just, just get a, go, you can go to blueletterbible.blb.com, blueletterbible, just type in the word righteous, just in, or righteousness, and just handwrite. That's what I, 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 I would handwrite every scripture on righteousness. I would go, people ask, well, how do you quote so many? I don't know. I never tried to memorize scripture. I don't know. But a lot of it was I just sat down and took, took love scriptures and just write down every love scripture. Because what, what, I want my mind to be renewed to who I am. And yes, as a pastor, am I still challenged with, with my, of knowing who I am? Yeah, all the time. The enemy always wants to come and undermine your faith. But it's going to be renewing the mind. You have to believe under righteousness. And you have to receive, believe. The Bible says believe you receive when you pray. You have to receive the free gift of righteousness. But, it's, I'll tell you, it's, but you have to do it by faith. 
But faith is built and established as we renew our mind to this righteousness. Amen. You receive this word tonight. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your word. And we just thank you for the teacher of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, thank you for dotting every I and crossing every T tonight. Thank you that you are continuing to do a work in each one of our lives. And I just thank you that this revelation of righteousness would expand on the inside of every single one of our hearts. That we would be established in this righteousness. Thank you, Father. Everyone with your head bowed. If you're here tonight and you say, Pastor Justin... I have felt a failure my whole life. I feel like my life doesn't amount to anything. I feel like every direction I go, it's the wrong direction. Maybe you hear it even tonight and you never made Jesus the Lord of your life. Maybe someone spoke over you that you're worthless, you're a no one, nobody. I, I believe there's even some people here tonight or watching by way of internet that you feel like, you know, um, the enemy has convinced you that you, you've committed the unpardonable sin, so to speak. But if anything, just while everyone's heads bowed, just with me looking around, just slip your hand up if that's you in any way. See that hand? See that hand? See that hand? Thank you, Father. As you have your heads bowed and eyes closed, just hear, hear me. God does not value you based on what you do. He values you because you're his creation. In the moment in the day that you made Jesus the Lord of your life, you were the most righteous you'd ever be. There's nothing you can do in the natural to make yourself more righteous. You're righteous because Jesus made you righteous. And because you're righteous, there's nothing that you lack. And I declare if, that, that, that from this day forward, that phrase, I am righteous, would burn in your heart. And every time that you think you're unworthy, every time that you think you're a nobody, any time that you miss the mark, any time that you feel like you let someone down or, 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 or do something... You look yourself in the mirror and you say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Father, I thank you that every single one of us are rising higher and higher in you. And thank you, Father, for the grace 
the understanding and the faith have received this message. That every single one of us, Father, would be bold as lions. Every single one of us would make decisions that would lead us in your paths. It says he leads us in paths of righteousness for his namesake. That from this day forward, you are led in paths of righteousness because you're righteous. Thank you for healing in hearts tonight, healing in emotions tonight, healing from hurt feelings, past relationships, past mistakes and failures. Thank you, Father, that every single one of us tonight, we step into our righteousness. Because it's what we were made to be. In Jesus' name, amen. You receive that tonight? Give him a shout of praise. You receive the word. Amen.